you know what? I normally do, a, I, well, I always do a breath at the beginning. I'm going to do another breath. I think I need a little breath now. If you, if you're not, if you don't feel like you need a little breath now, that's okay. You don't need to do it with me. Um, but I'm going to take another breath. And you can listen to me. If you don't want to listen to me, turn down the volume for about five seconds. Welcome to Mindful Moments of Mars. Mindful Moments of Mars is an audio experience where we all just flow like a reed in the wind, flowing, known for their flowing reeds are, they flow in the river. So the, the reed, the wind was blowing so hard that this clump of reeds the little little the shore that was growing out of has broken off and is flowing now down the river. That's us, you and I and all the others. We are all reeds on a little bit of land. It's like an island, and we we're going along. I think that's how. Correct me if I'm wrong. Through the however means you intend to communicate with me, just try that. Some of the larger creatures that live on the Galapagos Islands were kind of migrated there on chunks of vegetation that broke off from South America and then were taken by watery currents down to the Galapagos. Um, I heard that somewhere. Now, what large animals am I talking about? I don't know. Besides the giant turtles, turtoises? What have they got? They got a lot of bir flightless birds. There's your there's your flightless cormorant. That's what um, Aubrey says to uh, Aubrey and Matterin. That's a little Master and Commander reference for anyone who's um, looking for such things. Uh, why was I talking about that? Oh, because we're in the wind. But I was explaining what this is. This is a mindfulness experience that we all experience together. We're all, in a way, we're all turtles from South America that were hanging out on some vegetation by the seaside thinking, this feels very soft underfoot, doesn't it? Doesn't this feel very soft underfoot? And then when you look up to tell your neighbors how soft underfoot the land feels, you notice that um, the small amount of grass that was tying you to the shore has um, been munched away by uh, uh, your enemy, another turtle who's been your enemy this whole time. And now you're floating away and you think, well, that's it. That's the end of me. But um, whatever amount of time later, you find yourself on the Galapagos and it's time to start evolving separately to your previous um same like animal things. That's, that's how it all went, worked out out there, I think. Island dwarfism? Is that a thing? Put some elephants on an island, they'll become dwarf elements? Elements? Listen, back on track. What do we do here? We read Mindful Moments of Mars. No, we don't. We read The Chessmen of Mars, which was written by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Edgar Rice Burroughs, when he wrote that novel all those years ago, I think it was about 1911. No, maybe 1917. I don't know. So whatever time it was, Indiana Jones was traveling around, visiting all the countries in Europe and getting into 
the most significant historical events of those countries at those times by pure coincidence. Um, and then probably being retconned later by, I don't know, whatever next Indiana Jones movie they make and say that he wasn't doing that. He was actually doing something with aliens or whatever. That's that's when Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote the book, The Chessmen of Mars, and we're reading it. And currently, Gahan, the Jed of Gathal, is about to have a sword fight with a lion on a hang glider type thing. I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't know how familiar I am with Barsoomian, Barsoomian culture and, and the Barsoomian flora and fauna. It's a banth. It's not a lion. And it's a flyer. It's not a hang glider. Um, are, you, are you feeling up to date? I hope you're feeling up to date. I'm still sitting on the floor. I was sitting on the floor yesterday as well. And by yesterday, I mean today. But for you, it's yesterday through the magic of technology and, and audio recordings. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like being close to the ground brings a strange energy to proceedings. You know? It's like maybe there's gnomes toiling in caverns beneath me that I would be unaware of if I was standing up. By getting close down to the ground, I think I think it's fair to say... I don't think there's any argument that anyone could possibly make against this statement. By getting close to the ground, we can become more aware of gnomes. How many gnomes are there beneath our very feet, toiling away, creating tunnels for their gnomic pursuits? How many? How many are there? I'm, I'm asking, this isn't hypothetical. I want you to tell me. How many gnomes are there deep in the earth toiling away and and creating a they, maybe maybe they create elaborate tunnels that we never see and then the churning of the earth's innards all that liquid rock all that fluid igneous molten stuff fills up their little tunnels. The gnomes are safe. The gnomes go up to higher areas. But their tunnels are erased. And then they begin again. They begin creating intricate patterns, intricate three-dimensional sculptures, like in an in, in inverted sculpture. Rather than creating something from rock, they're taking, they're, they're creating something from a void. It's the emptiness that they're shaping into some huge and it goes the entire way around the earth's mantle and it, it comes in waves and then it's destroyed in waves and they create it knowing that we can't see it or experience it because it's too deep for us we can't we can't go so deep but they want us to be aware of it they want us to sit cross-legged on the ground and be closer to them and to say, my, my gnomic siblings, I can't see your toiling down in the depths, but I can, if I'm very quiet, I can hear your tiny little pickaxes chipping away. And maybe you use magic. Maybe you're in magic gnomes. Maybe 
you use laser eyes to to dig deep and go down and down toward the core, but you never reach the core because you know that if you do, you'll you'll get burned by all the magma. So this is that was weird. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a bit weird. So let's, uh, let's let's jog on, will we, with the old story? Let's see what's happening with uh, Gahan. Is he is he concerned about the gnomes, or is it just me? Are you concerned about the gnomes? Was that a, was that a very solitary experience I just had being close to the gnomes? Um, I hope I hope you felt something there. I felt like I was close to the gnomes, magic gnomes, with their laser eyes, not like Cyclops from the X Men. And um, that's a bit too dramatic. I think this is more like they use to chip their their pickaxes and they chip away and they you know that that does the lion's share of the work. But if they need to edge off a, a corner and just smooth it out a little bit, then they use their laser eyes. I do want to emphasize that the gnomes are primarily sculptors. You know, it's it's those little corners that it's a rounded maybe like a penciled edge on a shelf those are the kind of details that are very meaningful to them they want us to know about these details even though we'll never see them that's what the gnomes want and we sometimes we just have to be quiet and be with the gnomes they're just there down below us the beautiful little they're beautiful as well i didn't mention that inside and out you know I think uh, it's often talked about how how our culture can be very concerned with outer beauty. You know, like we want we want uh, very attractive gnomes beneath us, carving tunnels. Um, but uh, these gnomes also have really great personalities. They're just very kind. Um, and it's their inner beauty that is reflected, refracted even through their skin, which is mostly translucent. You can see their organs, um, but only when they take their shirts off, which they do when they're working hard. So, you know, in formal occasions, they'll be dressed smartly, but... Um, when they're working hard, swinging their pickaxes, they'll take their shirts off. It's a little bit like a Diet Coke ad, but in the depths of the earth. And um, they'll mop their sweaty brows with their shirts. You'll be able to see their little lungs and their little kidneys. And um, their gnomic organs that there's no human equivalent of. Maybe they've got like a, a little fan belt in there spinning around. I don't know why they would need that, but I'm not a I'm not a an anatomist an anatomist. I'm a audio experience creator. And the audio experience that I'm creating now is just a little exploration of the depths of the earth. The earth that we can we can only go so deep. We can't go down to the gnomes. And they can't come up to us. They can come up to us, but they don't want to. They're too busy doing penciled edges on the shelves in their intricate corridors 
and they know it's all going to be erased. It'll be erased and recreated and over and over again in a cycle that they call Sanklapo. Sanklapo is the name of the cycle of creation and destruction of their tunnels. It's a very beautiful thing from a, a beautiful people, beautiful inside and out. Nice, nice, beautiful kidneys that are visible through their translucent skin. And, um... <laughs> God, but weird again. <laughs> um, listen, we've heard a little bit about the gnomes tonight, this morning, whatever time it is. And uh, I think that'll do us. Um, let's take a breath and we'll dedicate this breath to the gnomes who work hard and we never see what they're making. And I've forgotten the name of the weird uh, cycle of creation and destruction that they are into. But um, I'll I'll find out the name of that. I'll, I'll do some research on it and I'll make it the, the name of this episode of Mindful Moments of Mars. So let's all take a breath. And remember that whenever it seems darkest, it's darker for those gnomes down there. But they love it. They love being down there in the dark. The only light is when they swing their pickaxe and there's a little flash of sparks and it lights everything up. And uh, when they're all working together, lots of flashes and a little warning that says beware of strobe lighting. Um, but they love it. And sometimes they just they just do it just for the lights and they dance dance in the dark and the light and you see their bodies moving and their skin is translucent and all the sparks and you can see the sparks through their through their bodies being refracted through their little gnomic organs their little fan belts it's a beautiful thing and they're just all in love with each other every every single one of the gnomes loves every other one of the gnomes no one's ever um had a cruel word for for the others because of their um Good vibes, good vibes down down in gnome land. They have an interesting language, and they've got this word for the cycle of creation and destruction that I've forgotten, but I'll I'll look it up as I said. But they do refer to their their place that they live in as gnome land because it's just not very imaginative. Anyway, let's let's take a breath and uh, mull all that over. Um, I hope I hope you've taken something valuable from this. Um, and I hope that you uh, can sit on the ground at some point and discover what is beneath you. Maybe it's not gnomes. Maybe the gnomes are beneath me. Maybe there's something entirely different beneath you. That's okay. It's okay. Whatever's beneath you, whatever's above you, whatever's on either side of you, the important thing is that you are there in the middle, connected to it all. Let's take a breath. This is a weird one, right? <laughs>